This is a Locker Room Production. And welcome. This is Talk the Plank, episode 15. Yep, we've made it this far. 15 episodes in. It's a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm your host, Nathan Hirsch. And uh, yeah, the Pirates, more losing. Last time we talked, the Pirates actually swept a series with the San Francisco Giants, but they were not so successful in a short two-game series at St. Louis against the Cardinals. The Pirates lost both games, and they are now 17-25 and on the season. And it's actually kind of funny. If you removed the Pirates' record against the Reds and Cardinals, so far the Pirates are 1-10 and against both of those teams, 1-5 against the Reds, 0-5 oh against the Cardinals. If you removed those teams from the Pirates' schedule, the Pirates would be 16-15. and But here we are. They're 17-25. and those two teams have made up a pretty large chunk of the schedule, and the Pirates have had very, very little success against them. But uh, it's all right. Um, it's actually pretty funny. Um, yeah, seven and a half games back, one in ten against those teams. I had a thought, but uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Anyways, the Pirates started things off with a loss yesterday. Um, that was obviously, once again, against the Cardinals. They lost 5-2 to two in that one. JT Brubaker got the start for the Pirates, and it really wasn't his best start. Uh, he still pitched into the sixth inning. He didn't have his best stuff. Gave up five earned runs. Nolan Arenado uh, hit a home run against him. And um, gave up five runs in the first three innings. Settled in a little bit after the third, just lasted five and two-thirds. He did give up eight hits, only struck out three. Um, Not the best from JT Brubaker, but, I mean, you can't be too mad. Three walks as well. Can't be too mad with just one shaky-ish performance. And then, once again, the offense in that one was – it wasn't too – wasn't too good. Pirates scored two runs in the sixth inning, but once again, just uh, two runs, six hits. Not a lot of not a lot of offense for the Pirates. And um, I mean, you know, you look at it. Kevin Newman, he actually had a pretty nice series. Shout out to Kevin Newman and Gregory Polanco. Both had uh, pretty nice series. Both had multi-hit games in each game. But uh, offense as a whole, I mean, today the Pirates did. They were a little better five runs tonight but uh yeah not a great game tonight either Trevor Cahill got the start for the Pirates he apparently got injured in the second inning he only lasted one inning plus was charged with four earned runs gave up just two hits two walks though and uh yeah not not great from him not too great from really anyone pitching tonight besides uh Sam Howard and Kyle Keller each had a scoreless inning in the eighth or the seventh and eighth innings. But before them, Cahill gave up the four runs in one inning. Dwayne Underwood Jr. came in. He gave up two earned runs in three innings. 
three walks. That's not great. And then Luis Oviedo, the young kid, two more innings pitch for him tonight, but he gave up two earned runs as well. A lot of walks from the Pirates pitching staff tonight. Eight walks. They struck out nine, but, I mean, eight walks is just – it's tough to overcome. And the Cardinals scored enough runs. The Pirates, I mean – they tried to get back into it. They threatened there for a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Pirates got down 6 nothing in the second inning, and it was just one of those games where, you know, I had it on in the background, and I was kind of half watching that, half watching some NHL playoffs, half watching some NBA play-in games. Really not a very interesting game from the Pirates tonight. And, I mean, the Cardinals just – they just handled them pretty easily. So the Cardinals now are 25 and 18. They uh, they lead the National League Central. The Pirates, of course, are in last place. And the Pirates are inching ever so closely to the worst record in the National League as a whole. Luckily, though, uh, the Colorado Rockies still hold that title. The Rockies are 15 and 29. As I said, the Pirates are... 17 and 25 but uh not a great two game series for the pirates uh i'm here on locker room right now obviously awesome app if you have anything to say please uh just chime on in and uh just want to remind everyone if you're not listening live on locker room right now like the thousands of people are obviously um that's a joke but If you're not listening right now, you have an Android and you'd like to listen live, Locker Room is now on Android, so that is pretty awesome. But yeah, Pirates, two losses tonight, or uh, two losses yesterday and tonight in a short two-game series. Tomorrow they head to Atlanta, and uh, they have a four-game series there that could get a little ugly few few uh pieces of news the pirates announced that they will be going full capacity july 1st fill the place up the jokes write themselves uh we'll see if they could actually reach said full capacity but uh they they will be allowing all of the fans back starting july 1st and then obviously now i'm pretty sure the uh restrictions have been loosened and i'm not sure what the exact capacity is now but come july 1st everyone will be allowed in uh, also i want to send my condolences rest in peace to rennie stinnett former pirate two-time champion uh he had the legendary seven hit game against the cubs in his career and uh He's definitely in my thoughts. Rest in peace, Rennie Stinnett. Some other things. Uh, Chad Cole is rehabbing in AAA. Um, Pirates might need him sooner than later, considering uh, Trevor Cahill was injured tonight. We'll see. Maybe Miguel Yajure gets the call up if it's a serious injury for Cahill, and he has to go on the IL. Perhaps Cole's ready soon. But uh, he's been rehabbing. He pitched tonight in Indianapolis. Some other Indianapolis news, which isn't great news. Travis Swaggerty was injured. And I was thinking, I'm not sure how long he's out, but uh, 
he was definitely a guy that there was some uh, call-up potential. Cooled off a little bit. He does have three home runs this year, but uh, so far in 41 at-bats, batting 220, 333, 439 in AAA. But uh, you like to see the power. Hopefully he can get back soon. And I still think at some point this season he will get a chance and he'll get called up by the Pirates. Some good news, Brian Hayes will be rehabbing, I believe, in the in the coming days. So cross your fingers, everything goes well there with his rehab stint, and you hope that he's able to return, basically, I would guess, uh, beginning of June. Pirates offense desperately needs that, obviously. Um, so... Once again, you cross your fingers. You hope that that uh, everything goes smoothly down there and he's ready. Um, also, this kind of took me by surprise. Kind of not really. But uh, the Pirates DFA'd Troy Stokes Jr. Personally, I kind of liked what... Uh, kind of liked seeing his at-bats. And I thought maybe he would get more of a shot, but he was DFA'd, and Il Demaro Vargas was claimed uh, from the Cubs, and he actually had a pinch hit tonight for the Pirates, so good for him there. But, uh, yeah, Stokes Jr. was DFA'd. He, in my opinion, I don't think he really got a fair cut, and like I said, um, he didn't really uh, – I thought he had a few good at-bats when he was able to play, but uh, the Pirates obviously did not think so. So he is gone. Um, looking a little bit here, some minor league some minor league stats. I like to, like to keep my eye on how things are going in the minor leagues. Uh, I mentioned Travis Swaggerty got injured, um, his stats, but down in AAA, keep your eye out for Dustin Fowler. Um, I believe he was taxi squatted for this series in St. Louis, but so far down in AAA, I mean, three home runs, getting on base at a 439 clip, slugging 613 in 11 games down there. Obviously, the sample size is tiny, but he's looked pretty, pretty good. On the other hand, Cole Tucker. Still not looking good. He only has nine hits and 51 at-bats. Only three extra base hits, two doubles and a triple. No home runs. Um, 14 strikeouts to just seven walks. It's not looking great for Cole Tucker. But, you know, hopefully hopefully he can turn it around at some point. And um, we'll see if he is able to get the call up at some point. Uh, with the Pirates this year. Um, looking at double A here, very excited for Mason Martin. Power hitting first baseman. He has three home runs and 46 at bats so far for double A, hitting 304, 389, 609. That's a 998 OP, OPS. And that is, uh, that is very nice. Uh, Cannon Smith. I'm not even going to try his last name. I apologize. He's been nice. He was uh, 
He was acquired in the James the Tyon trade from the Yankees. Let me see. Cannon Smith Nib- Nibba? I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> he's been nice. He has two home runs. He's hitting 286, 422, seven, or, uh, 571. O'Neal Cruz, two home runs. He's had a few nice hits down in AA as well. Uh, Rodolfo Castro, he has a home run. He has a nice 280 batting average, 345 on base, 400 slugging. Decent, decent, decent. Um, looking on the pitching end in double A here. Um, Ronzi Contreras still has not given up a run. 28 strikeouts to just three walks in 17 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's only given up seven hits. He's looked insane. That's great to see. Uh, Looking in single A, Nick Gonzalez, awesome, 294, 368, 549, and 51 at-bats. He has those two home runs. You love to see that. Um, And, yeah, I mean, the minor leagues, that's, that's the exciting it's exciting to check in on the minors here uh, so far in the season just to see what's going on. Once again, here on Locker Room, if anyone has anything to chime in, please hop on stage here on uh, Talk the Plank here, SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. Awesome podcast here. Pirates lost again tonight, 5-2. to two. Things, uh, things are pretty bleak. Uh on the major league side, but I mean, just in general here, better days are ahead. You know, you hope, you hope you get Moran back soon. You obviously hope you get Hayes back soon. And I mean, I mentioned on the podcast, uh, Monday, I mean, you look at it, Adam Frazier has been really great, and Brian Reynolds has been really great. Everyone else has been pretty pretty bad, but uh, we got Joe here up on stage on locker room. Joe, how how are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm great, man. Um, I so the the one thing that I've been thinking about um, is, is a big thing that's changed recently is just kind of the. I don't know uh, the 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 top of the draft the the conversation around that um, yeah. with projections and, and I don't know some mock drafts starting to come out. Do you think it's um, I, I don't know it, with it, it it's gone from you know two surefire two guys in the top tier to maybe a group of five or six um, being <clears throat> I don't know you you've seen of that group of five or six being you know interchangeable um mm-hmm. whereas the i i saw our marcelo mayor uh high school shortstop mock to the pirates now and some people you know a mock draft might not actually be worth much at this point which i think is probably true but i mean just as a fan do you i don't know does that like make you feel better or worse that it's maybe not as surefire uh elite talent or or maybe it's um they'll get a good guy no matter what and maybe be able to cut a deal at the top and and float some you know i don't know 
top 20 overall talent to their second pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is, it is funny how like, you know, the start of the year, it was, it was either Kumar rocker or Jack Leiter. And that was it. Those are the to- only two options. And then a few weeks in, yeah, the one high school shortstop, he started, you started to hear his little, his name a little bit more. There's the, the catcher from Louisville. I've heard his name a little bit. Um, I will say, I think Sherrington has done a really nice job of uh, holding his cards close to the vest. He's not really giving any inclination whatsoever of who they're going to take, which obviously, I mean, you would expect any organization to do that. At the end of the day, I, I still think uh, I still think it's going to be lighter or rocker. I'm still leaning lighter. Um, with these mock drafts, I mean, I feel like at some point, it's just, I mean, it gets boring to just put out the same old mock draft every single time. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to kind of wonder, hey, maybe they will take someone that's not quite as obvious. And, yeah, the stocks of players definitely rise and fall. But I still think – I'm. I'm still thinking it's going to be Jack Leiter or or Kumar Rocker, but I've been team Leiter probably since that the college season has started, and I've kind of got to watch and uh, look at each guy. But I'm definitely team Rocker. I mean, team Leiter, sorry. I don't know where you fall on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of the mock drafts, I think it's just that it, it is probably not worth putting, putting any – any stock into still uh, I don't even know six seven weeks I, I I don't even know it's in July at the draft I don't remember when exactly but yeah but yeah it I I agree it, it I don't know I, I think we'd get to a point where it would seem silly to not draft either of the of those guys I don't know how much a high school hitter can do uh in season to like really vault themselves up into that conversation. But, but maybe it is my, my honestly greatest fear is, is it's like comes out, you know, Charrington and and his scouting team valued three or four guys kind of pretty close to the same. And they draft the guy who quote unquote, will will cut a deal to save some money with, with that first pick. And then obviously it becomes a thing with the, (laughs) It, you know, Yinzers who don't under, understand how that works is, oh man, they're fucking cheaped out again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, I think too. I mean, just looking at the farm system, I you just you can't have. I mean, it's a cliche, but you can't have too much pitching at all. And I'm I'm definitely excited with some of the names pitching wise already in the farm system. I mean, you know, you look at it like. At the beginning of the year, it was looking like like Mitch Keller like needs to be the guy. He needs to step up, and he's he's struggled this year. He's been really bad. If if he doesn't turn out to be like you know even a middle of the rotation guy, I don't think that's that's like terrible for the Pirates. There's other guys. You look at it. I mean, like I've liked what I've seen from Miguel Yahure. Uh, Obviously, Contreras, Ronzi Contreras has been really nice. You got Quinn Priester, you got Tanaj Thomas, 
and then you have some uh, kind of second-tier guys like Brennan Malone. Cody Bolton was injured, which sucks, but you have him too. There's just so many names, and I just feel like adding a Jack Leiter who I think would – I'm not 100% sure, but I think he would be the Pirates' top prospect. If not, he would be right up there with uh, Priester. And, I mean, just stacking that starting pitching depth and hoping that five, five of those guys, five out of eight, five out of nine, five out of ten, if you get five that stick around and they, they pan out, I mean, that's – there you go. That's your rotation. Also, too – I, I think I think going with the college pitcher kind of uh, lines up with their kind of window of prospects all coming up at the same time. Because you look at it, I mean, you have Cruz in double A, you have Nick Gonzalez and uh, Olivier Paguero, I hope I said his name right, in single A. Those guys are probably, you know, a year or two away if you get a college pitcher in there they're probably about two two and a half years away if you get a high school shortstop i mean you're looking at like four at least so you know with a small market team like the pirates you kind of have to line it up right to where you have a core of prospects all coming up in the relative like in a relatively small window just so they all kind of line up and I mean, obviously you want more and you want to see guys get re-signed and whatnot, but I just think I think for the Pirates, a college pitcher would be uh that would be the, the smart pick at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. if it if it wasn't that I'd I'd lean towards Davis, the the catcher. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you just hope they they pick the best guy. But I, I'm I'm curious um with Keller's shaky start at, I don't know, when he graduated, quote, from being a prospect, I think he was maybe, whatever, valued as a 50 or 55 future value prospect, second or third, maybe, Mm -hmm. in the system, where just if you, I don't know, still treated him as a prospect, where among among these pitchers would you put him? Uh, I mean, would you take if if they had to lose somebody from the organization tomorrow would you would you rather lose him or yeah that's a good question or Contreras or Priester so I mean you look at it like yeah you could just play the game like I think I would stick I think I'd rather have Priester than Keller his future value at uh Fangraphs they have him at a 55 Tanaj Thomas probably Probably Thomas, barely. Mm-hmm. Um, him or Yahure, I mean, I'm just looking at the list now in Fangraphs. That's close. That's tough. I I think at this point, I mean, it's, this is very yinzer of me to say, but, like, eye test and just watching them pitch, just, I mean, it's, it's night and day whenever it comes to, like, having a feel for the game and – controlling what you control, like controlling the game as a pitcher. I feel like Yohure has a much better feel than uh, Keller does at this point. Obviously, Keller, he has the fastball and he has the curve, and the slider has just been terrible. But, I mean, you kind of hope that that gets better as well. But I think at this point I would would say Yohure 
After that, though, I would still stick with Keller over guys like Brendan Malone or Cody Bolton. Roberto Contreras is a it's a tough one because I mean I'm looking at the list now. He was graded preseason as a 40 plus value guy. Yeah, I would imagine at this point, I mean he might be touching. Yeah, for 50. what it's worth, I think I was I was reading a chat. I think it was on Fangraphs with, or or maybe he just wrote him up. Eric Longenhagen, he does some daily prospect notes. Obviously, the guy on Fangraphs who does the rankings, yeah. he already said after a couple starts, he'd probably just based on his velocity and and some of the, uh, I think uh, pitch data that that they have now from him being at Double A, he, he said he probably would already bump him up to a fifty, yeah, uh, future value, which I think would put him in the top ten up there with maybe a, probably above Thomas. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, he's nice. I mean, then there's other guys. Like, the like guy would still take Mitch Keller over Will Crow. Like, Crow <laughs> shown yeah. to be pretty decent. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to get crazy with that. I'm not ready to pull the plug on it quite yet. But that is definitely an interesting question. And Keller's stock has definitely, uh, it's definitely dropped a little bit here. In uh, I mean, this season, we'll see. He gets another start Saturday, and if the trend continues, this should be a bad start. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I still think that Keller will be in that future uh, rotation, I guess. But I mean, he he'll have all season. Keep showing. God, I mean, I've been saying this all year long, like. The leash is long. This is just a year to uh, progress and develop. So you just kind of hope. I'm just waiting. I've been desperately waiting all season long to see him string together a few nice starts. And he'll have another opportunity on Saturday against a really uh, tough Atlanta lineup. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, I've been a skeptic. I, I don't. He, I, at some point, I think he just needs to show better control. And I mean, right. obviously, I'm not. I'm not against him just working it out all year and see what happens. But it is uh, a little scary. Yeah, looking at a uh, single A right now, Priester kind of got lit up in his first two starts, but in his last start, he was a bit better. I don't have the exact starts from that, but on the year. 450 ERA and 12 innings pitched. Tanaj Thomas, though, he's also 12 innings. He's given up just three earned runs. That's a 225 ERA. 20 strikeouts, 12 innings for Tanaj Thomas. That is something I like. Priester's only at 11 strikeouts, but uh, both of those guys. That Tanaj Thomas trade, I mean, that might be Neil Huntington's. That'll be yeah. a <laughs> Everyone will never remember him for he'll never get the credit for it but <laughs> Jordan Luplo and Max Moroff for Tanaj Thomas and Eric Gonzalez people look at that trade they just see Eric Gonzalez and they laugh at it but right five years from now we might be looking at that and thinking holy smokes that was that was a great deal um Right before we leave here for tonight, I just want to look at the pitching matchups for this upcoming series. Joe, I'll let you tell me who you think has the uh, 
the advantage pitching matchup wise. I always like to see. But uh, tomorrow, like Will Crow against Drew Smiley. And Smiley has not been very good this year. Six starts, 31 innings <clears throat> pitched. He's given up 18 runs. He's given up nine home runs in those 31 innings. So the Pirates will perhaps have a chance to do that thing called hitting the ball over the fence. It doesn't really happen too often. Although Gregory Polanco tonight, shout out to him, hit his fourth home run, which is tied for the team lead, which that's (laughs) straight up pathetic. But uh, who do you think has the pitching advantage tomorrow night? Yeah, it's straight just on the the – Pitching advantage, well, oh, man. Smiley's almost almost walked a um, – never mind. I was reading it wrong. Um, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to give it to uh, to Smiley. It's close, though. It's it is close. close. It, it could be a wash. For sure. Uh, Friday night, we have Mitch Keller against uh, – or, sorry, Friday night, we have the Battle of the Andersons. Mm-hmm. Tyler Anderson against Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson has been pretty nice this year. 45 innings pitched in eight starts. He's given up 16 earned runs, 47 strikeouts, two, 21 walks. The walks are a little bit of an issue, but the 320 ERA, Ian Anderson is pretty nice. Who would you give that to? They, they do have, uh, they have very close stats. Tyler yep. Anderson has a, has a better whip, less walks. Um, man, probably another watch. I, I do like him. Just just so we can give us one, I'll, I'd give I give that to to Tyler Anderson. Okay, okay. Saturday, uh, Mitch Keller against. Uh, they have nobody listed. That was probably you know slot, but he punched the wall and broke his hand. So punched the wall, yeah. Sorry to him. But uh, so we'll see. Sunday, we got JT Brubaker trying to bounce back here against Max Freed, who uh, is it Freed or Fried? I'm not sure. I, I believe it's Freed. I think it's Freed. Yeah. yeah. Six starts for him, 28 innings pitched, 17 earned runs. Uh, hasn't been too great. That's a 5 4 6 ERA. But, I mean, he is good. He's a good pitcher. He just needs to find his stuff. But uh, who are you taking, Brubaker or Freed? He is. Yeah, he is good. Well, it's, it's, it's hard to do these without uh, absent the context of the lineup. Um, I mean, you're yeah. taking the Braves every time lineup-wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is close. I, I'd, I'd say Freed is more likely to pitch a, a a good game than than Brew Baker. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. Although I, I mean, I do <laughs> love what Brew Baker's done this season, and uh, he's looked pretty nice. <laughs> it's so funny you say the lineup difference. You could literally play a game of uh, where would this player bat in the Pirates lineup, and you look at it: Acuna, second or third, whatever you prefer. Your wherever you prefer your best hitter to hit. Freeman, same thing. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, same thing. Ozzy Albies, same thing. Austin Riley, he'd probably slot fourth in the Pirates line. Dansby Swanson, probably fourth. And, yeah, or second. If- yeah, or second. That, that's six hitters right there that are better than 
I mean, four of those hitters are better than any Pirates hitter. But, uh, well, not this year, actually. Albies has been kind of crappy, as has Ozuna. As has Freeman. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, body of work-wise, yeah. But, yeah, the Pirates lineup. I mean, shout-out, as always. I uh, kind of touched on it Monday how Brian Reynolds, I mean, after tonight, he's at 29387455. That's awesome. Looks like David Freeze might have been right when he talked about Adam Frazier uh, hitting for the batting title. Yeah. Adam Frazier's at 325 at this point. Two more hits tonight. He's at 325, 392, 458 somehow. Dude's in like the third percentile of hard hit rate, but he's slugging 458. He's got a bunch of doubles. And I don't know if if this can be like proven or how uh, how true or how – I don't know. I don't know if it can be proven that someone is a master at hitting bloop singles. But if someone is, I mean, time and time again, just – Right over the shortstop's head, Adam Frazier has just – he has that swing down. And I don't know if that is sustainable, I guess is the word. But uh, so far, I mean, we're six weeks in. Adam Frazier has been really, really good. Other than that, I mean, just, the wasteland continues. Kevin Newman, shout out to him. He's gotten his average up to 219, and his OPS is – creeping ever so slightly actually no he's above 500 ops wise wow congratulations to him his slugging still 274 it's gonna be a while before he gets that up to 300 but i mean yeah and my man my favorite player of the past however many years gregory polanco two more hits tonight a bomb home run a pimp job bat drop. He's hitting 231, 314 on base, 394 slugging, which I'll let you take a guess. Where do you think that ranked in the uh, the Pirates lineup tonight? 394 slugging. Which guess? In the lineup tonight. Yeah. So that did not include Stallings. Correct. Um, or or uh Moran. Right, right. Uh, third? Yep, third best slugging. Frazier and Reynolds. Behind Reynolds or, yeah, Frazier and Reynolds, Gregory <laughs> Polanco, three ninety four slugging. I mean, I, I I do keep forgetting to mention that I harp on the Pirates offense of how pathetic it is, and it is really pathetic. But the uh the pitching environment has just been it's been insane this season, and that's probably made the Pirates pitching look a little better than it is as a whole, at least uh, bullpen-wise and every now and again, I guess, starter-wise too. But, yeah, the pitching has just been insane as a league. The hitting has just been the worst as a league, batting average-wise at least. But, uh, yeah, the Pirates average, the Pirates offense, their average slugging, whatever you want to – however you want to dice it up, it's been pretty terrible. Michael Perez, backup catcher, now hitting 085, 189, 170. I swear all of his hits came in that one game against, uh, I don't even remember who, the Twins, I believe, when he hit a yeah. home run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where all of his offensive production was. Wilmer Defoe, 
for a time, it looked like, yeah, maybe, maybe he's kind of decent. Nah, 234, 258, 375. That 375 slugging was the fourth highest in the Pirates lineup tonight. But, yeah, just a whole bunch of nothing. Ben Gamble, no thanks. Will Craig <laughs> is like three for 22. Not the best. Uh, the Pirates' offense is just not great, but uh, we'll see what they can do this weekend against the Braves. I think that's a good place to wrap it up here. I'm Nathan Hirsch here on Talk the Plank. Thanks, Joe, for uh, tuning in here on Locker Room. Which, once again, I'm going to remind Android users: download the app. You can now tune in via that phone as well as Apple, obviously. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. Next show will be Sunday and uh, a little surprise for everyone. Sunday, we may be adding to the podcast. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. But uh, thank you, as always, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Everyone have a great rest of their day. Peace.